This is the Now Hear This Entertainment Podcast. We are live at the Tascam booth at the NAMM show in Anaheim, California. I am Bruce Wozniak. Check us out on the web at www.nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio. Thrilled to be here. Thank you to Tascam for having NHTE here at the NAMM show and thrilled to have Laura Dickinson with me here today on this episode of NHTE and thrilled to have gotten the opportunity to hear a tremendous live performance right now. Laura, welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment and wow, thank you for that great show that we just got to hear. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Wow, wow. This was this was truly fantastic and this is someone, listeners, that if you don't know about her, you're going to want to learn a lot more about her. We have listeners in 124 countries around the world and I'm going to encourage all of them to check you out. We're going to give out your online destinations as we go through this. But three Grammy nominations this year. Congratulations. Thank you oh very my much. Gosh. The Grammy nominations are for... I was an assistant producer on Ted Nash's Presidential Suite record, and they have an instrumental composition nomination and a Best Large Jazz Ensemble album nomination. And I also worked as a vocal contractor on Willie Nelson's Summertime Gershwin album. So I'm really excited to go to the Grammys, get in a dress some shoes. I'm going to listen to some music. And speaking of large, what did you call it? A large... Large jazz ensemble. Large jazz ensemble. Laura just performed here with anything but a large jazz ensemble. However, she normally plays, get this listeners, in a 17-piece configuration. Wow. Wow, Yeah, it's a lot of emails. <laughs> wow. How different is that though too? Because you did you did perform already today as a seventeen piece and then you came here and completely blew that apart and stripped Thank it you. way down. Thank How you. different is that? It's really different as a vocalist because a lot of times there will be places in my arrangements that the horns just take a, a shout section or they'll do a, a little lick here and there and I looked down at Andrew's music and he's like, what do you want me to do here where I just rest? I just see blank music. I'm like, oh, that's where the horns usually go. And Alex Budman did a fabulous job at covering all 13 horns by himself. Thank you, Alex. So yeah, it's just different. It, it When it comes down to it, I just have to concentrate more. I was going to ask you, you know, those those are the differences for all of the players on the stage, but for you, I was going to ask you about the mental aspect, knowing I'm about to step on stage and have a 17-piece, as opposed to I'm about to step on stage and I'm going to be very vulnerable because it's going to be me and two others, and that's it. Yeah, the, the pressure is still on in the same way, no matter who is on stage with you or not. I think it's... Like, I was almost more nervous to do this broken down than I was to do out there. I don't know why. That's weird, isn't it? Well, it is, but, you know... (laughs) Sorry I butchered your name, Alex Budman. Those are some of the those are some of the interesting dynamics and, and some of the challenges, you know, as you continue to go through your music career, because it keeps you fresh, yeah. right? And it, and it prepares you a little bit differently for it. the next time this comes up. You'll say, "Oh, this is just like when we were at the Nam show." You said it, brother. So 
you've been working with, and, and please let me have fun with this in case my dad listens to this episode now here at this entertainment. Because Hi, Dad. My dad is my hero. He was always, he still is such a funny guy, and he's probably not the only one that's ever came up with this, but he always refers to Michael Bublé as Michael Bubbles. So you have been working with Michael Bubbles. Sorry, Michael, if you're listening to this, come on my show. I will be glad to pronounce it Bublé because you were kind enough to come on my show. But in the meantime, Laura, you've been working with Michael Bublé for over a year. Doing what? I am his vocal arranger and vocal contractor. Do you know what a vocal contractor is? I do because we've had a couple vocal contractors on the show, but before I send the listeners off to go back and listen to those episodes, <laughs> you, you put your spin on it. A vocal contractor hires singers for television and film, commercial, any type of singing work. They work sort of like stunt players do in that stunt players get hired by stunt coordinators. They don't have agents. So most session singers don't have agents and they just are hired directly by vocal contractors. And I hired his three background singers to do the last promo tour in October for his new record, Nobody But Me. I have a tiny little solo on it on the first track. And you'll hear also Eric Curtis, who is playing bass with us. He works with Michael Bublé also. That's where I met him. And uh, I also, on that record, Nobody But Me, I hired a gospel choir to sing behind him. It was really an awesome experience. Okay, so you just talked about you being the one that's hiring the vocalist, but how did Michael Bublé hire you? Through, roundabout through Conan O'Brien. It's a long story. (laughs) Max Weinberg and Scott Healy led a big band at the Grammy Museum for the 100th birthday of Frank Sinatra and I met Michael Bublé and Seth MacFarlane and Michael Bublé's music director who then contacted me after that performance and said we we would like you to hire a gospel choir. Uh, After that performance, you performed or Michael did or both? I was hired there at that Sinatra 100 show to be the vocal contractor for Michael Bublé. I hired a gospel choir to sing behind him. And then when he went to do the recording, he's like, I want that again. I have to say that... I did a good job, Bruce. I have to say that in over 150 episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment, I can officially say this is going to be the first episode where we're going to refer to Star Wars. Because (gasps) of all the different hats that Laura wears, one of them is that you sang on Rogue One. I did. You also sang on Sing. That's kind of a tongue twister there. But uh, there's, there's another, as I just said, another different hat that you wear. Talk about the work that you did on Rogue One and on Sing. Rogue One was a dream come true because I'm a super nerd, but also because it was the first film in the Star Wars franchise history where the instrumentalists were recorded in America and there were male and female singers on the soundtrack recorded in America. And not just America, but Los Angeles. Some of the best musicians in the world are here. So I sang in an 80-voice choir. I won't do any spoilers about the movie, but... The parts where we sing are awesome. <laughs> I have it as my ringtone on my phone. It's very threatening when people fit, call. Fittingly enough. Leave it at that. And then in the movie Sing, I was voicing a spider, and I sang about 12 notes in the film. But on the soundtrack version, I sing 25 notes. Wow. They lengthened wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Listeners, I want to make sure that you're getting the correct online destination so you can find out about 
Laura Dickinson. She is at www.lauradickinson.com. She is also on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, Facebook as well. So I encourage you to go to lauradickinson.com and click on the respective social media icons so that you can follow her on Twitter, follow her on Facebook, excuse me, follow her on Instagram, and like, and obviously follow her on her Facebook page. So you're getting into some of the other work that you do there. Uh, 11 years with Disney TV animation. Wow. And, and uh, Phineas and Ferb is, is one that, that jumps out to, I don't know what kind of young listeners I have out there, but I've talked to some people that aren't as young as I thought you had to be to know who Phineas and Ferb are, and, and they know your character. They may not know, but, but now they know Laura Dickinson is, is the voice behind it. Yeah, it, we had the composer of Phineas and Ferb here watching the show. He came to the NAND show and was very supportive. Yeah, Phineas and Ferb was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It was a very magical show, and I it, it put me on the map. The producers and the directors and Danny, the composer, they took a chance on me, and we created this kind of branded sound. And the rest is history. I've had so many other wonderful opportunities come about because of that show, and I'm very, very grateful for it. I can tell that you're someone that just gives everything that you do your all. The way you said that, the rest, of, it was this big, like, physical, heavy sigh. When you were performing here, you took your headphones off in the last song, like, I'm going, I'm going to just belt to the rafters. <laughs> and so you seem like you're just putting everything you have into everything you do. Did we get too loud? Not at all. Not okay, at all. Okay, good, because there's a noise ordinance. You cannot be louder than a certain amount of dB. There's Nam police walking around with a dB meter. <laughs> Did you know that? It's true. I was I was belting and whistle toning, and I'm like, oh, I hope I don't get arrested by the nail police. Anyway. But, but the way you talked about Phineas and Ferb, and, and that's probably why you you say I am your nine year old daughter's favorite singer. Because their kids have heard my voice. It's crazy. Uh, one of the main signature theme songs on that show was for Perry the Platypus, who, if you don't know the show, he's a, a secret agent, Agent P. And every time he would come out on the screen, I would go, Perry, in three-part harmony, or Agent P. And so the parents are like, oh, that's you. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, you know, is it all about, and, and I don't mean this the way it sounds, but is it all, all about, look, I need work, I got the check, it cleared, that's it, or is it, I kind of wish people would know that it was Laura Dickinson instead of just, oh, I never really kind of thought of who is the voice of that character. I just show up and do what I'm told, and I feel lucky. I try not to complain. <laughs> um Sing was actually the first time in my entire career I did my first recording session when I was seven years old. It was the wow. first time I got screen credit as a session singer, and that is a big deal. It's funny because you watch credits for movies and caterers and production babies, and but not a lot of times do instrumentalists or vocalists on TV and film get credited, so I was really grateful to the vocal contractor for that. <laughs> He pushed for it. <laughs> so now for the listeners of my show who are up-and-comers themselves that are trying to get lessons from the guest each week, it seems like it would go without saying that because you got your first film credit, you are going to absolutely try to leverage the heck out of that, yes, to see... It's not I, my first film credit. I've done several films, but it's the first time that as a session singer alone, they gave us 
credit with the we did we did have screen credit on Pitch Perfect, so I'm like contradicting myself. But Sing was a very big deal because we sat there in the screening and they're like, wow, they got all they all got credit, the instrumentalist and the vocalist. That and okay. that hardly ever okay. happens. Okay, but uh, is it is it widely felt in the business that? now I can use this to continue to add to it or is it, you know, Bruce, I just take what I can get and the you thing can't about put Sing, all your eggs in one basket. Sing is an animated feature and I do voiceover work, so the more credits that you have, the better. And when people go to look at your IMDb page and they see a list of, and oh, she worked on this, she worked on this. So it kind of gives you like a little bit of street cred. They're like, okay, she must know what she's doing because she got onto that movie, I hope. Exactly. Please? Yeah, Is she, anyone listening? She, she must, she must be doing me. something right. <laughs> well, you, 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 you are doing something right because, listeners, this is this is amazing. You have opened for many artists, but among them have been Tony Bennett, Lyle Lovett, Bob Newhart. I mean, these are, you know, kind of like we talked about Michael Buble. Now I'm mentioning names like Tony Bennett, Lyle Lovett. I mean, you don't just luck into these. I did, though. It was luck. It really was. I'm meeting you for the first time, and you're not <laughs> reaching over, but I can't tell. Are you pulling my leg? No, your leg is still how, there. How, how did, how did you look into them? It's not falling off. Because, because the, the up-and-comers who listen to my show want to know, how is she getting these chants? So, so how did you luck into it? That is what is so funny, Bruce, because nobody knows. If we knew how to do it, we'd all be stars. <laughs> uh, I work for several corporate entertainment companies, and I'm, I'm like on their roster of artists, and they call me. I didn't know what I was doing either of those times when I opened for Tony Bennett and Lyle Lovett. I knew I was opening for Bob Newhart, and that's that's actually happening on next Friday. Uh, but when I opened for Tony Bennett and Lyle Lovett on both different days, I didn't know I was going to open for them until I got there. Wow. Crazy, wow. right? When you said I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know if you meant fake it till you make it <laughs> or if you meant what you just said. So... Uh, you you never know sometimes how these jobs come about because like I said with stunt players and session singers you can't really go on auditions you have to talk to people and get to know them and you have to figure out a way for them to know intimately what you sound like without going to an audition or you know putting your your demos in their face like it's a very delicate art we're almost out of time, but I'd be remiss because we're sitting here at the Tascam booth at the NAMM show. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this connection that you yes. actually have with, with TIAC. Uh, I love the product. Uh, I've known about them my entire life because my father had a giant reel-to-reel -reel in our house that was TIAC. <laughs> and, so I, and I used to call it Teak when I was younger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I also, when, when I was growing up, I've been a dancer since I was three years old because I was very uncoordinated, so my mom put me in ballet class. But that's another story, and we're almost out of time. But I had to, for dance all the time, I had to record onto cassette tapes, and I would buy that brand all the time. Sorry, I'm not really hip with the, the equipment of now, but it's part of my history, you know? It's it's a very well-respected company that's been around for a long time, and I'm very grateful. Well, in my opinion, the equipment that you have is this tremendous instrument that is your voice. Just beautiful. Thank Just you. Really I love your it. voice, too. You have a lovely speaking voice. Well, thank you, and I have a face for radio, I've been told, but 
you know, that's a conversation for another time. You thank you, thank great. you. I, you I, I have, I, I did get the token laughter from, I from love the, your highlights. the crowd. Thank you very much. Uh, she's she's bucking for a, a future appearance on the show when we can do the full 45-minute version interview. So, uh, Laura, thank you, though, ever so much. Sincerely, I appreciate you doing this. Thank and, you, and, Bruce. It was an honor to be here. Thank really you for tremendous to, to listen to you perform. Listeners, once again, make sure to check her out online, www.lauradickinson.com, and then follow her on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to like her Facebook page as well. And, of course, we are at www.nhte.net. The show is also available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for all of you who continue to listen week after week to now hear this entertainment. Thank you, thank you, those of you who are subscribing, and of course, do put your email address onto the mailing list at nhte.net to keep up with all that we have going on. I am Bruce Wozniak. We are here live at the Tascam booth at the NAMM show in Anaheim. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Laura Dickinson. Thank this you. is Now Hear This Entertainment. Happy New Year, everyone. Every kiss, every hug seems to act just like a drug. You're getting to be a habit with me. Charms. You're getting to be a habit with me I used to think your love was something that I could take or leave alone But now I couldn't do without my supply I need you for my own Oh, I can't break away I must have you every day As regularly as coffee or tea
This is our special series of interviews done live on location, and you know about the various outlets where you can hear Now Hear This Entertainment, as well as the various social media platforms you can engage with the show through. But I've stepped back into Crystal Blue Sound Studios long enough to tell you about some of the other features around Now Hear This Entertainment. When you're looking for music from any of the guests who appear on Now Hear This Entertainment, or for that matter, anytime you're going to make any kind of purchase from Amazon, period, be sure to go to www.nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help with a small return from Amazon to NHTE, which helps keep the show going so you can continue to hear great artist interviews and their original music each week. If you really love the show, wear it. There are NHTE t-shirts and hats available for purchase at nhte.net. It's a fun way to spread the word to others about this podcast. Those of you who are regular listeners to the show know all about the tip I always give out in the middle of each episode talking to up-and-coming performers. That's a segment called Bruce's Bonus, and as much as I'd like you to go back and listen to past episodes of NHTE to try to find all those bonuses, they have all been compiled for you in a concise ebook format, which you can purchase at www.brucesbonusbook.com. I also want to hear your thoughts on the show and chat online with you, as well as get the listeners talking to one another, which is why there is a special Facebook group for NHTE listeners. Look for the NHTE Facebook group icon at nhte.net, or just search on Facebook for the group. It's called NHTE Listeners. And we also now have a Patreon for the show. I sincerely appreciate your consideration of an ongoing monthly donation to help support continued production and related expenses of NHTE. There are different levels of giving listed, as well as some neat thank you gifts for doing so. Just go to nhte.net and look for the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com slash nhte. And of course, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash nhte. One final note from here at the studio before we resume the live on-location interviews, and that is for you to check out Crystal Blue Sound Studios online. They are located near Tampa, Florida, but in this day and age of online file sharing and cloud storage can help you regardless of where you are. So be sure to visit www.cbpro.net, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. And now, back to our special NAMM Show series. Back here for another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. We are at www.nhte on the web. Also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio. Do subscribe, do tell your friends about it, and follow us on social media too. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have our own YouTube channel. Just go to nhte.net. There are links there to get to all these social media destinations as well as the different platforms where you can hear the show. And what a contrast we have. We just heard Laura Dickinson and some tremendous music from her. And now we're going to go to a different area of entertainment, which is why the show is called Now Hear This Entertainment. It's not always 100% music. We've had other guests on the show that have been from the business side of things. We had Mike E. Winfield, who is a comedian. We had... uh, Carly Perez, which was one of the more popular episodes of Now Here's This Entertainment, a former WWE diva. And today my guests 
here at the NAM show in Anaheim, California. We are coming to you from the Tascam booth. My guests are Gavin Kelly and Paula Purcell. They are the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they investigate the most haunted, abandoned asylums, sanitariums, and mental hospitals. I got scared when I just read that earlier today, and it was, you know, in a bright, wide-awake environment. And, and I imagine that in the right context, that would scare the heck out of people. Just to elaborate on, on this, as I said, these investigations that you do of the most haunted, abandoned asylums, sanitariums, and mental hospitals. And it's all done in the dark. How'd that sound? Intentionally or, yeah. or because yeah. these are remote places that are... Well, we'll first go through and do a daytime investigation so okay. we can uh, figure out where everything is, uh, danger places, hazardous places. We don't want to accidentally hurt ourselves during the investigation. Uh, okay. So a daytime investigation, we do like a sweep. And we'll actually go through and get like monitors and see what the uh, EMF levels are for that location during the day. And if EMF it changes at stands night, for electromagnetic uh, frequency. Okay. And if that fluctuates at night, then we might have something. It really depends. But we're out to uh, prove that there is the existence of life after death. And when you do these daytime sweeps, are those being filmed or that's just yep. kind of, we're yep. doing our own recon, we'll do the filming later? Nope, they're, nope. they're being filmed. Everything that we do as soon as we arrive there is all on footage. Yep. So what kind of crew are we talking about here? I'm interviewing two people, but is there a big crew behind you that supports all this or is it one we does have, the investigating and one holds the camera? We have uh, two camera people and one base camp One base watcher. camp person, that's a total of five. Base camp meaning? Uh, we have a mediator that's basically watches because we have cameras set everywhere. So she has a radio. We have a radio. She could be sitting at base camp and something could be going on in one of the cameras, but we could be at a part, another part of the hospital. She'll radio in and say, hey, there's some activity on camera number three. Okay. And we okay. know where camera number three is, so we're going to go head towards that location. And so now, listeners, in case you weren't able to really put this together as I was doing that intro, you know that the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters is something that you watch. It's not a crazy band name. We didn't have any music from them. They, they didn't perform here at the NAMM show. Uh, the Paranormal Journey into the Unknown is an American paranormal television series that premiered uh, last June of 2016 in the U.S. on Amazon. And the actual the pilot did. It actually aired. The full season for Paranormal Journey into the Unknown is going to air uh, October 31st of this year. The entire season. Yep. On Amazon? On Amazon. On Amazon. Mm -hmm. So is that exclusive, or will there be distribution, say, that people can watch it on a website, on YouTube, on other, uh, maybe uh, Vimeo, anything like that, or is it, no, we're just sticking it's, with Amazon? It's going to be on Amazon, but they did give us permission to release them on our website, so people can actually go watch it there first. Otherwise, it's for Amazon Prime uh, subscribers. Okay, so uh, so Amazon, I take it, has restrictions that we want you to be exclusive right. for our Prime subscribers. Yes. We don't want them to be able to go and get this anywhere. That and eventually, can... we're going to have it as a... Uh, like, if we're at a convention or something, we will have where we can be able to even buy the product. Yeah, we're going to actually start selling the season. But uh, 
reason why we chose Amazon is because, you know, we could have went with Sci-Fi or Travel Channel, but those are only based in like a certain area where Amazon gives us distribution for nationwide and worldwide all at once. Okay, so. and, and was there, I'm going to call it an application process, but a screening, does Amazon have to approve you to say, yes. sure, we'll sell they do. this? Yeah. How difficult was that? It's difficult. <laughs> Very difficult. And you also have to do with your, you know, the NCC regulations, and you have to have, like... Closed captioning. Closed captioning, you know, how you have to add all that to it, and they have to watch the whole episode, and if there's a certain little tidbit they don't care about, they will email you back, so we can't release this because yeah. you need to fix this little tidbit. And a lot of things that did get put back on our pilot episode, they threw us back and said, you can't do this, you can't do that. If so, you want us to take this, you have to go by these standards yeah. or we cannot take it. I wonder then, because I talked about how now here this entertainment is widely available on so many different platforms, mm -hmm. iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, my own website, nhte.net. Right. How... How married were you to the idea of it's got to be on Amazon? We'll jump through these hoops if this is what they're going to come back with. Or was it a case of, you know what, if, if they ask us for a few too many more things, we may have to bail and go elsewhere? I did say that a couple times, yes. But since we're getting worldwide and nationwide distribution and we can actually sell our series without having any litigation or problem, I decided to go with it. Paula, do you remember that? Do you remember him saying, I'm not really sure this, we, yeah, we may well, have I mean, to bail him, on this? Yeah, he's got a couple of emails. He says, I'm, I'm fed up with this. I'm yeah. tired of it. Well, the sad thing is, is because we actually sent them six episodes. Wow. Done, complete. And they said, well, first thing was, I had a logo in the lower left-hand corner that said the Paranormal Journey, you know, like all the other shows where they have their name. They said, no, that has to be removed. I'm like, you do realize we just sent you six episodes. Well, it needs to be redone without it. And, oh, also, closed caption. So yeah, that's a lot. all of it has to get redone and then shipped back off to get closed caption. So I'm curious, you're going out and, and, you've, and you're finding these opportunities, but... What kind of inquiries are you getting inbound where maybe people are saying, hey, let me do some original music for you, or hey, let me do this for you? People that want to get involved, obviously, mm -hmm. from, a, from a business relationship, are you finding that you're there and, and you yes. are getting... Uh, Jamie Aaron Kelly actually wants to do our theme song for the show, or the ending, and he's really good. So we're actually looking to probably use him for that. I am here talking at the NAM show in Anaheim, California, to the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters, and we are at the Tascam booth, and this is a live edition of Now Hear This Entertainment, and I want to encourage the listeners, we're giving you a lot of information in a short amount of time. I know that all of you who listen every week and who I'm so grateful for are used to longer form interviews, but in the meantime, I do want to encourage you to go online and look up www www.phantasmicghosthunters.com and they are on social media so find them on Facebook and on Twitter and you are on YouTube yeah we though. are on YouTube we only play the uh, teasers on YouTube okay okay uh, so before we go too much farther then and, and more conversation uh, listeners bear with us. Um, Gavin's going to walk you through this because obviously you're, you're not here in Anaheim to see this, but uh, Gavin has a visual that we are going to get the opportunity, those who are here around the Tascam booth watching, um, 
go ahead and, and show this video and, and tell the listeners, uh, wherever they are in the world listening okay. to us, what we are watching. Well, what you're about to watch is uh, a camera actually facing two elevators at the Old South Fitchburg Hospital in South Fitchburg, Tennessee. And the hospital has no power whatsoever. And it has not been used in over 70 plus years. Wow. We got a recording of the elevator doors opening and closing on using the uh, Tascam DR100 Mark III. Amazing. And I'm about to play it. Amazing. And you will obviously hear the audio. Listeners, you won't see the video, of course. There's the nurses' stations. There's the elevator. It looks good for a place that hasn't been used in 70 years. Um, well, it was kind of sort of turned into a nursing home for a little while, but it didn't last long. Ah, okay. And and how, how, Paula, how did this place come onto your radar? Well, the lady that owns it, we first, like, contacted her about investigating. Next thing you know, she loves us. Here it comes. Yeah, you notice, nothing. No elevator doors are opening or closing. Yeah, listeners... There you go. We just opened. Yeah, we're looking at the video, and the elevator doors are there, and they are closed. So we're witnessing this firsthand by seeing the video, and those right. of you who are listening, kind of use your imagination for a mental picture. And now it's going to shut. That's amazing. I wonder that, obviously, it goes without saying, you, you must have your share of doubters. Uh, oh, yeah. Who, oh, yeah. Who, we have who, our critics. Yeah, who either question the authenticity of something like that. Now, I, you know, as I said, I was here to, to watch that video alongside the two of you. Um, how, how does that make you feel? How do you respond when you get these these critics, these doubters, people who say, oh, I mean, you just talked about Tascam. With the technology that there is these days, someone could say, oh, please, he could have dubbed that in. Haven't quite got that. No one has said anything about it. They're just really intrigued when we tell them that, like, hey, take a look at it. You can see it, plain as day, black and white. We didn't falsify it, it's right there. Nothing has been altered. Uh, talk about the PGH Tracker. It's an, it's an app that you have released to see ghosts in photos. How, how does that work? What it does is it basically sucks out the light. Say like if uh, you take three pictures of one general area, it will actually suck out the light and bring the picture a lot closer by uh, reducing some of the filter in it. And we can actually see what's left behind. And, and where do people get that app from? Do they go to phantasmicghosthunters.com or is it on... Um... You can go to our website or you can go to Google Play. It's on there as well. Okay. Well, I, I, I have to ask, you know, how did, how did you get interested in ghost hunting to begin with? Her house actually uh, had some weird issues. There was a, a house fire, and ever since the house fire, things started happening where we would have like a old perfume smell going from the dining room to the wow. kitchen, wow. a ball bouncing down the hall, uh, bangs on the wall, and, and things like that. I mean, her girls were how old were they they were 10 years old and they heard every there was a whole the whole house everybody that was in the house at the time heard it all at the same time i had my uh, 
my uh, friend of mine was sitting in the living room because he was staying with us temporarily until he got his house. And he was in the living room on the couch watching TV. My girls were in their room. I was in my room. We were all doing our own thing. And when was this? A year ago? Five years uh, ago? Ten see, years my ago? girls are 18. Three so, and a half years ago. Yeah, it's three and a half years ago. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, they're too big to play with bouncing balls, but we had to literally heard the bouncing of the ball dribbling like you have a basketball wow. dribbling down wow. a hallway. And how scared was everybody? <laughs> well, not really scared, but like shocked and surprised and, you know, what in the world made that noise type situation, but... So everybody you go, leans on down the hallway? Yeah, everybody opens the door and leans down the hallway. So you, so you go through an, an episode like that, if, if I'll, I'll call it an incident, you go through an, inter, an incident like that. How did that interest turn into doing an actual show? I wound up uh, talking to Aaron Goodwin from Ghost Adventures and became good friends with him. And we were talking about her house. And I was just like, okay, so this is what's going on. He's like, dude, why don't you check it out? Just uh, go online, research some devices. And I already had uh, my own night vision digital camera with a high uh, eight. I had a digital recorder, had a regular digital camera. So I did some research and found something called the Ghost Meter Pro. And we got that, went in there and investigated. We got EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomenon, um, of an, a voice saying, leave me alone and oh get out. Oh boy. And we captured an apparition of a little boy on the viewfinder of our, my video camera. Wow. She did research on it and found out a five-year-old little boy died of whooping cough, oh and his boy. father was there also. Wow, wow. That's amazing. I am talking to Gavin Kelly and Paula Purcell. They are the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters, and you are booked solid through November of this year, 2017. Yep. You, you investigate suggested locations for free. Yeah. So people can contact you and say, hey, listen, I got a place that you need to check out. That is correct. Yes. Yep. But how do you prevent your time from being wasted of people that say, haha, let's scam these people? And uh, you know. We do a little thorough investigation. It's yeah. where I come into play. I do a very thorough investigation. I find out if anybody else has stories about the place, not just, I don't go by reliability of one person. Yeah. I go through a lot. And he can tell you some of these lots, we might end up taking an investigation and putting it towards the end of the year that we're questionable about and have, you know, you know, so I can do enough research on an unfamiliar place. And then when I have enough validation, if 50 people on 50 different occasions went to this location and saw this haunted phenomenon and it's the same story or it's a similar story, but it happened in this room instead of that room, then that's when we think, okay, there is something there that we might need to check out. But the two of you are based in Kentucky. Yes. Paducah, can, Kentucky. Can people say, I've got a place for you to check out, and it can be anywhere in the continental United States or not necessarily? We've been basically just doing the south right now. Um, we've gone all the way to the far reaches of uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, to Radford, Virginia, and then everything in between. Yeah. That's fascinating. You're, you're on to something here. Is it? Uh, do, you, do you feel that you're doing something cutting edge or is it oh please Bruce we're you know we're in a big sea of of other ghost hunters that are we're just trying to keep up and be successful well I mean using Tascam we're actually taking them a whole different direction and we are using cutting edge technology Uh, we use scientific uh, methodology as well so we basically put ourselves above and beyond all the other shows and groups the way how we actually investigate 
what we do, our process, and things of that nature. Final question, because because we're out of time, but I have Uh-oh. to ask, you know, the, uh, what was it last year? I think we saw a remake of Ghostbusters. Um, did, do do you get questions about Ghostbusters? Do you get you know questions yeah. that you say, okay, these are novelty questions, but it's absolutely nothing at all like what we're actually doing? Exactly. I mean, Hollywood basically had destroyed it for a lot of uh, paranormal investigators, wow. all the special wow. effects and everything. I mean, there's people paying buku bucks to go to Waverly Hills thinking they're going to see an apparition like you see in Ghostbusters. Uh, and you explain it to them saying, you're not going to see anything like that. You may see a shadow dart across the hall. That's about it. I mean, because, I mean, your options are, number one, you're, a lot of times you might not see something by the negative, naked eye, but you might be able to, that's where that camera comes in handy. Yeah. Whatever you might not see visually there, you might, when you go back home, look through all your stuff that you took with you. You mm-hmm. never know. And we did that. We actually captured an apparition running on video. And that's on our YouTube page. So they want to go out and check it out. Yeah, that's 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 a great way to, to wrap things up because I will tell you again, this has been Gavin Kelly and Paula Purcell. They are the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. And so I do want to encourage you listeners to go to www.phantasmicghosthunters.com and then do follow them on Facebook and Twitter. And as you heard them talk about, they do have their own YouTube channel as well. I am Bruce Wozniak. We've been here at the NAM show live in Anaheim, California at the Tascam booth. Be sure to check out Now Hear This Entertainment at www.nhte.net. Subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, many platforms. Do tell your friends about it, and we are very much on social media, too. So when you go to nhte.net, use the social media icons to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the big ones that you'd expect us to be on. I'm Bruce Horzniak. Thanks again to the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters and to Laura Dickinson. This has been Now Hear This Entertainment.